many of you this morning have asked how I'm feeling, and I'll just tell you right up front, I'm feeling better than I was last week. I appreciate your prayers last week for me. Um, I went to the doctor, went to several doctors this week, and uh, in that process, um, just was dealing with the virus, and I can mostly see this morning after several bottles of what I can only imagine must be liquid gold for what they charged me this week for those drops. Um, but uh, I, can, I can mostly see. Um, I did do a good job. I effectively passed it on to my family and their home this morning um, with a fever and not feeling well. And so uh, it's, it's, it's been a great week for us. Um, but we are feeling better, and, and I'm grateful that I can share with you this morning and, and feel like I can connect a little bit with you. Um, this morning, I'm going to share um, a message, and I'm, and I'm really aiming it this morning. Everybody's invited to listen in. But I'm really aiming this morning for, for students. Um, this is, this is the week. This is the, this is the day where you start looking at, at next week and you think, I'm not going to be able to sleep in, um, till noon this week. I have to go to school. Um, and, and we're, you're just right on the edge there and beginning to think about that. And, and now that I'm, you know, when you, when you're, when you're in school, when you're a student, when you're in high school, junior high, um, you know, the week, the, the, the Sunday before school starts, that's a big deal. And then, then you get out of that, and, and all of a sudden you don't have kids, and, and when school starts, it's, it's, you know, you hear about it, but it's not a big deal. But then all of a sudden, when you're back where I'm at again, now I have kids again, school starting is, it's a big deal. And so this is really, I think everybody in the room today knows a little bit about what this is, where we are in the calendar, at least, and what is coming up in this next week. And I know specifically, just from visiting with, with some of our students in these last couple of weeks, um, this is this is a big week. This is a big week, and we have lots of students that that this week are are standing on the edge of of starting something different, and they're thinking, I'm different than I was when I left school in May. There's been a lot of things that have happened this summer. I, I, I've, whether we've gone to youth camp or mission trips, or God has used different things to impact my life, or or I don't know where all those things come from. But right now, a lot of our students are saying, I'm different than I was when I walked out the doors in May. And on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, I have to walk back in those same doors. And what is it going to be like? What's going to happen? Where are we going to go? What's, what's the experience going to be like? They're on the edge of something huge. And they're just not sure what this next step looks like. Some of those students have already even left and gone to school. Pastor Ron mentioned that earlier. We've been praying for them. We have a lot of students. And maybe maybe you're not even a student this morning, but maybe you feel that just in yourself this morning. Maybe maybe you have kids that are getting ready to go to school and you feel, oh, I'm on the edge of, of something. I'm just, I, I, there's something that's going to change or something that's going to happen and, and I'm not exactly sure what it is and I, and I don't know how we're going to approach it and I don't know how it's going to go down and I don't and I just feel this uneasiness. Do you get that sense? Do you know that feeling? You know what I'm talking about this morning? That that's I'm sure what a lot of our students are feeling right now. There's this uneasiness of what is next. And what's it going to look like? And what's this next step going to be and how how are we going to approach it? We're going to look this morning at a passage of scripture where 
where really that's the idea, that's the feeling. It comes in Numbers, and chapter 13 is where we're going to be in just a few moments. In Numbers chapter 13 is a time when the Israelites really were just looking to what is this next step going to be? What's this next step going to look like for us? I need to give you a little bit of history. Most of you might know this, but, but some of you may not. Just a little bit of a history on the Israelites. There was a man named Abraham, and God made a promise to Abraham. He said to Abraham, you're going you're gonna to have lots of children. You're going to have a large family. You're going to have a, a, a huge heritage, and you're going to have this great place that I have set up for you, a physical place for you and, your, and all of your descendants to live. And he had this promised land for them, and he had this great heritage for him. And Abraham ended up having that heritage. He had a son. His son had sons, and his sons had sons, and so forth and so on. And it wasn't too long down the line that, that Jacob moved his family to Egypt during the time of, of Joseph, and you can read about that in the book of Genesis. Jacob moved his family to Egypt, and they lived there, away from this promised land that God had promised to Abraham, um, in a place where they could find food and, and survive through a famine time, basically. And Jacob's family lived there for years, a long time, and, and the family grew, and the, and the Israelite people um, got larger and larger in number. And it wasn't long before uh, the Israelite people in the land of Egypt became uh, lesser citizens and, in fact, became slaves to the Egyptian people. And so the Israelite people were there, um, had, a, had a hard, hard life, and, and, the, Isra- and the Egyptian people um, ruled over the Israelite people. You know the story, if, you, if, if you're following along, if you go through Exodus, that's the story of Moses being raised up by God to come and to, and to lead those Israelite people out of Egypt, away from the Egyptians, away from Pharaoh, away from that life. Um, he leads them through that. They, they cross through the Red Sea. They get away from Pharaoh. They get away from that army. And they come all the way back right to the edge of this land that God had promised previously to Abraham and to all of his descendants. So Moses now has this large group of Israelite people. Um, this land has been promised to them. This land is their, is their inheritance. It's their heritage. It's the land that's been promised to their people for all time. And they come right to the edge of it. And that's where we come right here to Numbers chapter 13. They come right to the edge of the land. And Moses is going to send some spies into this land that's been promised to them just so they can get a feel for what it looks like. And this is, this is where Moses sends in the spies. Is in Numbers chapter 13. We read this in verse 17. Then Moses sent them to explore Canaan. He said, go up to the Negev into the hill city and see what the land is like, whether the people who live there are strong or weak, if there's few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good? Is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? Is it fertile or is it poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit from the land. It was the season that the first ripe, of the first ripe grapes. This is what Moses says. They're standing right here on the edge. And the Israelite people are just getting ready to step into this unknown, to this, to this area that they know is supposed to be great, but they're just not sure what that next step is going to be like. And so Moses decides to send some spies in, 12 spies, one from each tribe. And he sends 12 spies in and he says, just go check it out. Take, take as long as you need. Go everywhere that you can. We, we want to know, what does the soil look like? What is the, what's the, the terrain of, this, of, of the land look like? 
If you see people, get an idea of what they look like. How well are they fortified? What do their cities look like? Is their army very strong? Are they well organized? Can we attack them? What's the fruit look like? When you get in there, try to get an idea of what it looks like um, for us to live there. What can we expect when we get there? And so the spies go. They spend 40 days to, to cover this little patch of land. They get a good idea. In fact, the, the scripture tells us, if you read on there in chapter 13, that as the spies come back, they bring fruit from the land, and it's great fruit. It's huge fruit. And they have this report. And this is the report that they share, reading in verse 26 of chapter 13. They came back to Moses and to Aaron and the whole Israelite community. And there they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, and here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. And then Caleb, one of the spies, silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up. We should take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All of the people we saw are of great size. We saw Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, who come from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. The spies come back and they say, Moses, this is what you've asked us to do. You've asked us to go in. You've asked us to check out this land and to see this promise and to see where we're supposed to go and what it looks like. And they come back and they say, it is awesome. It looks great. It's everything that we hoped it would be. The ground is unbelievable. It produces this unbelievable... See the fruit that we brought back? We've never seen fruit like this before. It's the greatest thing. It, it, it is everything that God's promised. It is phenomenal. It's a great land. And then Caleb says, let's go. Let's go get it right now. Let's, after that first part, after that first report of everything is great, he jumps in right away and says, let's go get it because he knows what's coming. Caleb knows that the, res- the next response from these spies is not going to be so ple- happy. It's not going to be so pleasant. You see that the next report, as you read, they say, yeah, it's great, but... crazy. There's giants that live there. They have these major fortified cities. There's just, there's no way. That, in fact, we, we, they're so big, we look like grasshoppers to them. We look like grasshoppers to them. They're so big. And the report gets stirred around and all the Israelites begin to see and begin to hear and begin to feel. They've come to this edge. They've looked across. They see this next step that they need to take and they just have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's everything that God promised for us, but there's so much there that frightens us. There's so much there that we don't know what to do with. There's so much there that we can't handle. 
And so they have to come to a decision. What are they going to do? All of these people are right here on the edge of the land, and they have to decide. What are they going to do? They really have three options, and those are what I want to share with you this morning quickly. The first option that they have, and really the first thing they talk about, is that they can, they can go back. They can go back to Egypt. In fact, that's one of the very first things they talk about here. If you read on in chapter 4, um, the Israelites say, If only we had died in Egypt, it says in verse 2. Or in this desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only so that we can fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us just to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader. And we should go back to Egypt. They said, this is, this is one of our options. We're right here on the edge. We just came from Egypt. And we're right here on the edge of diving into this promised land that God has for us. And one of the things that we can do... In fact, the thing that they come to first is, we should have just stayed. We should have just stayed. We should just pack up our stuff and we should go back. It's so easy for us to come to that decision right away. It's easy for us to to think in our mind, oh, it it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't quite as bad as as what we're thinking it was. You know, at least we understood what was going on there. We knew kind of the ins and outs of, and, and we knew, we knew how to relate with the, and, and yeah, they, they, we were their slaves and they used us to, to build bricks and to make all these buildings and do all these dirty jobs, but it wasn't that bad. That's, that's the way we respond still, I think. We still remember fondly things that weren't so fond. Sometimes. And our students, and maybe everyone this morning, I think when, when you guys are, are looking back at last school year and you know you've had all these things that have happened this year and you know that God is working in you and changing you and done some incredible things inside of you, your first response this morning could be, as you're thinking about going back to school this week, I can just ignore everything that's happened and I can just go back to the way it was last year. I can just go back to what I knew before God began to do these things in me. And I know I didn't like it. I know it wasn't the greatest thing. I know it wasn't exactly what we wanted, but at least I understood it. And and your option is to go back. The Israelites' option was they could go back. They could go back to Egypt. They could cross back over, try to get over the Red Sea and back to Egypt and live back in that chance again. They could have done that. That was one option that they had. They had another option as well. In fact, this is the option that ends up being given to them. They could just not go back, but they could not go forward. They could just wander around in indecision right in the middle ground. They could, they could not want to go back to what was so bad and what they escaped from in Egypt, but not take that next step. They could just wander around in indecision. And in fact... If you continue to read on in Numbers chapter 14, that's exactly what ends up happening to the Israelites. Not because that's what they choose, but because that's what God chooses for them, is for them to wander around for a generation. And you can read more about that if you'd like. And for us, a lot of times, that's, that's an easy decision to come to as well. We, we know we don't want to go back, and, and we come to this point, especially youth, you guys, you're thinking, you know, God has done real things in my life this summer. 
There's been real changes that have happened in me this summer, and I cannot, I cannot go back to the way that it was before. It's impossible for me to go back. There's just no way that I can do it. Too much has happened in me. Too much has changed in me. I cannot go back to the way I was before. But, a lot of times we fail to have the courage to take the next step to go to where God has promised for us. And so we struggle and we wander around in indecision, wondering what should we do and what should we not do. And we don't want to go back, but we don't want to go forward. And so, and so we just wander and wander and wonder. What are we supposed to do? We don't want to return to our old ways, but we don't want to totally embrace something that's so new and so unknown that we have all these fears. We see these giants in the land and we don't know how we're going to get around them, and so we just wander. You have that option this week as you go back to school. You have the option to go back and not to return to what happened last year and what you were last year and what went on last year, but you have the option to go and just wander. You're not the same as you are last year, but you're also not allowing everything that God is doing inside of you to see, to be seen and to show. You could wander around in indecision. The Israelites, though, as they stood on that edge, they had one other option that they could have done. They could have gone back to Egypt. They could have wandered, which is what they ended up doing. Or they could have gone across. They actually could have crossed the Jordan River and they could have gone in and taken the land. That's what Caleb said. He said, I know we can do it. In fact, Joshua says it again in in Numbers chapter 14. If you read in verse 6, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, they were among those who explored their land. They tore their clothes, it says, and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land that we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. The Lord is pleased with us. He'll lead us to that land, a land flowing with milk and honey. He will give it to us. And not only, only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. If the Lord is with us, do not be afraid of them. They could have gone in. Joshua and Caleb said, we've seen it. We know what's over there. We know it's unbelievable. We know there's these huge giants. We know there's all these ites that live there and in these strong fortified cities and they have massive armies. We know. It's huge. And it looks super hard. It looks hard. But God is with us. And we can go. And they will not eat us up. In fact, we will swallow them, they say. If our God is for us, who can be against us? The Israelites stood on that edge and they could have gone. God was for them. Joshua and Caleb, that was their choice. They wanted to go. And yet the other ten spies that had been there stirred up the Israelite people and said, it's just too hard. We just cannot do it. We cannot go. The giants are too large. The obstacles are too big. There's no way for us to get in. There's no way for us to get around. It's just too hard. 
you read through the story there, God comes to Moses and says, this is over. I, these people, I, I can't handle them anymore. And Moses pleads for the people. God relents and says that they will wander around in the desert for a generation, that that generation of those spies that did not have enough faith to get into the promised land, that they'll wander around and die there on the edge of the land that God had promised for them. Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who said, yes, we can do it, we can go. God is for us, who can be against us? Those two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they do end up getting in. And if you read through Numbers, you find that as, as God lays down that judgment, um, the, the, the ten spies, their families who are not able to get into the promised land, those ten spies die from the plague right away because they stirred up this report that, that they couldn't go. They respond right away. And the Israelite people, they, right away they say, whoa, okay, okay we'll go. We want to go. Even though God has given them a judgment that they can't. And so they jump in right away and they try to cross the Jordan and they try to get over and they try to take the land and they're beaten back right away. They're presumptuous enough to know that God, they had made a, an error in their decision making. That they really could have done it with God and now they regret that they didn't. And yet that opportunity is lost for them. Sometimes it's difficult when we stand on the edge of a next step. And we can look and we can see that there's great things out there. And we can see that there's hard things out there and we just don't know what to do. It can be difficult if you're going to school this week or if you're starting, maybe you're starting a new routine and, and your children are going to school and you, and you know you have this whole new thing starting with fall. And you look and you say, there's some great things coming our way. But there's some hard things there too. And you just don't know what to do. You just don't know what to do. My caution, my challenge this morning for you is is don't go back for sure. God has begun a work in us and in you and he's promised us this next step. Don't go back. Don't wander in indecision. Don't wonder whether we should go or whether we should not, whether we should... Don't, don't wander and wonder. Don't try to spend all of your time lining all of your ducks up in a row so that you can go. My challenge this morning is for you just to go, to take that step and to go. Because here's the end of the story. As you read through the Word, you find that after this, God leads them, God leads the people through, they... They end up crossing the Jordan. Um, Joshua leads them, and they end up taking part of the land, not all of the land that God had told them to do, but they do end up taking it and being able to defeat many of those ites. And God leads the people. But as you read through the Bible, you come to another person in Scripture, a son that God sends to earth, who comes, who lives perfectly for us, because we cannot, and then who dies when he does not deserve that for us. And then Paul talks about this in Colossians chapter 1. I'd like you to turn there if you can. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul talks about a mystery. 
been hidden for ages. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. Paul says there's this mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now it's being disclosed. I'm going to disclose it right now, he says, to you, the saints. He says, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Here it is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Here's the deal. The Israelites that day, they came to the edge of the, of, edge of the, of the Jordan. They saw the promised land that God had for them on the other side. And they knew that God had promised it for them. And they knew that God had led them right to that point. And they knew that God was there with them. They had seen Him in fire. They had seen Him in smoke. They had seen Him do amazing and incredible miracles. But everything that they had seen was outside of them. And Paul says here in Colossians at the end, he says, now the story's different for us. On today, on this day, on, on August 22nd, 2010, when you're getting ready to take that step, it's different for us than it was for them. Because now we have this mystery that's been revealed, and it's this, Christ in us. We no longer have to just guess if maybe that God wants us to cross this Jordan and maybe we need to follow the smoke and maybe we need to wait for the miracles and maybe we need to see where God... Because it's different now. Jesus came and now lives in us. If we are believers, He lives in us and gives us the strength to take that step. The story has changed for us. Because Christ in us is our hope and glory this morning. Christ in us. Joshua and Caleb, they said, our God is for us. There's nothing that can be against us. If our God is for us, there's no one that can defeat us. There's no giant too large. There's no land too great. There's no one that can defeat us. That God that they rested in, that they trusted in, His Son is the one that lives in us and strengthens us and empowers us. There's a song that many of you hear on, on the radio, on Caleb, if you listen to Caleb often. For us, at went to senior high at youth camp. It was a song that connected well there for us. It's a song by Chris Tomlin called Our God. We're gonna, this morning, we're going to play that. I'm going to invite you to, to, to listen this morning as it plays. You'll see the words on the screen. I want you to connect this morning with that, knowing that our God, the one that led the Israelites to the edge of the Jordan, the one that said, this is your land, the one that Joshua and Caleb said, if we trust him, we can do it. That God is the one that lives in us, that lives in you this week. As you step foot into this new year and into this new school, that God goes with us. Listen this morning to this song.
God who made the promise to Abraham of that land. Who led Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. The one who led them to that place, who ultimately led them in to the promised land. The God who sent His Son, who had no sin to become sin for us, so that we might have the righteousness of God, that God lives in us. So that His glory might be seen through us, no matter what the next step leads for us. God, I thank You this morning for that truth, that promise that You God, are in us. That mystery that was hidden for ages, but now Christ is in us. That is our hope. That is our strength. That is our power. God, I thank you for that. And I pray that you will help us to see that and to know that and to respond to that this morning. I pray especially, specifically for students this week as they head back to school. God, that you will strengthen them, that you will empower them. God, that they will rest only in your strength. That they will search for it, that they will yearn for it, that they will long for it, God. That in these these first days, in this first week, God, that they will sense you alive and at work in them. Give them courage, God. Give them courage to step into what you are calling them to do and to be. Give them faith that you will work in them and give them strength. Help us, God. We need you to work in us. Help us to give you the glory and the honor for it. Let your glory ring out in us. That is our prayer. Pray this this morning in your name. Amen. Thank you this morning for coming.